Hi friends, it's Pastor Drew Wilkerson from Bridgewater Church. Hey, thanks for stopping by this podcast. It's our prayer that as you listen, God will speak to your heart and you will feel inspired and you'll learn new things that will help you in your daily walk with God and just in life in general. So again, thanks for stopping by and thanks for listening. Good morning, everyone. It's great to be together on this Sunday morning or whenever it is that you're joining us. And it's Christmas. In fact, it's the most wonderful time of the year. What is it that you love? Is it buying the gifts? What, what about the lights? Is it uh, light drives? Our family has taken those for years. What is it that you love about this season? In fact, here's something fun. On the count of three, yell it out right where you are. At home, at work, that'd be fun. Just yell it out. One, two, three, cookies! Oh, see, that's my favorite. I love the cookies. And this morning, I am excited to talk about another very important part of the Christmas story. Now, remember, our series is Christmas at the Movies. And I, you know this already. I love Christmas movies. I really do. And I was thinking about this. There's something that I think really every Christmas movie has in common. And I think it's all about attitudes. Think about it. Whether you're talking about Scrooge, whether you're talking about um, the Grinch, which we will, uh, whether you're talking about uh, a miracle on 34th Street, or it's a wonderful life. It's all combined into this feeling or belief about our attitudes. Yeah, it's all different stories, but there's a common theme. In fact, this is how I put it, that it's all about the Christmas Yule tube. Oh, yes, I said it. Now, now, here's where I'm at on this. Everybody I've, I've asked about it, they think it's corny. And you know what? It is. But I was thinking, this is the Yuletide season, the Christmas season. But the problem is that so many people don't celebrate Yuletide because they have a Yuletude. And that's what I want to talk about today. And I told you, The Grinch is the perfect movie think about when we think about attitudes at Christmas. In fact, do you mind if I read this? This is probably very familiar to you, but this is something that Dr. Seuss wrote, and the Grinch says it beautifully. Every who down in Whoville liked Christmas a lot, but the Grinch who lived just north of Whoville did not. The Grinch hated Christmas, the whole Christmas season. Now please don't ask why. No one quite knows the reason. It could be his head wasn't screwed on just right. It could be perhaps that his shoes were too tight. But I think that the most likely reason of all may have been that his heart was two sizes too small. Whatever the reason, his heart or his shoes he stood there on Christmas Eve, hating the Who's. Staring down from his cave with a sour, grinchy frown, 
at the warm lighted windows below in their town. For he knew every who down in Whoville beneath was busy now hanging the mistletoe and the wreath. And they're hanging their stockings. He snarled with a sneer. Tomorrow is Christmas. It's practically here. Then he growled with his Grinch fingers, nervously drumming. I must find some way to stop Christmas from coming. I think the Grinch had a Yule tood, don't you? In fact, are you more of a Cindy Lou Who or do you kind of resemble the Grinch when Christmas rolls around? In fact, maybe you even like a little bit of that Grinchy attention that people get when they're not happy about the things around them. But you know, if there's a season where we should be joyful, if there's a season where our attitudes should be full of cheer, it should be Christmas. It's the birth of Christ. We're celebrating the coming of God to this world, and we know that through Jesus Christ, we have life everlasting, and it all started with a baby in a manger. Oh, in fact, you know what? Actually, it started a little bit before that. And that's the story I want to talk about. I want to talk about a priest named Zechariah and his wife Elizabeth. And there are three words that I think us think will help us uh, focus in on what this message is about. In fact, here they are. Faith, focus, and favor. How about that? Three great words to talk about our attitudes at Christmas. In fact, will you say them with me? It's faith, focus, and favor. If you're struggling with your attitude right now, if you're thinking, oh, it's the holidays, and I've got so much I have to do, if somehow the energy is already drained out of you, and it's only the first week of December, this message is for you. In fact, this message is for all of us because it is the most wonderful time of the year. So let's talk about attitudes and let's begin by reading the passage of Scripture. Hang in there. It's a little bit long, but wow, it's exciting. In the time of King Herod of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife Elizabeth was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were up, upright in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commandments and regulations blamelessly. But they had no children because Elizabeth was barren, and they were both well along in years. Once when Zechariah's division was on duty and he was serving as priest before God, he was chosen by lot, according to the custom of the priesthood, to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time for the burning of incense came, all the assembled worshipers were praying outside. 
Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled, and he was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to give him the name John. He will be a joy and a delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from birth. Many of the people of Israel will he bring back to the Lord their God, and he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zechariah asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? I'm an old man and my wife is well along in years. The angel answered, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God and I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you the good news. And now you will be silent. You will not be able to speak until the day this happens because you did not believe my words which will come true at their proper time. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah and wondering why he stayed so long in the temple. When he came out, he could not speak to them. They realized he had had a vision in the temple, for he kept making signs to them, but he remained unable to speak. When his time of service was completed, he returned home. After this, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant, and for five months... She remained in seclusion. The Lord has done this for me, she said. In these days, he had shown his favor and taken away my disgrace among the... Isn't God's word wonderful? It's incredible. And as I read this story of Zechariah and Elizabeth, those three words that I gave you, they just come to mind. Faith, focus, and favor. And that first word stands out immediately in the scripture. In fact, here's how I would put it. Yultud cheer begins with unwavering faith. Now, when I think about attitude, I don't often think about it as a tool or a gift from God that is about faith. I think I'm angry, I'm happy, I'm sad. Isn't that what attitude is really about? But we're digging in deeper. Where, where do our attitudes come from? What's the source of our attitude? And if you listen carefully to the story, we realize that Zechariah and Elizabeth had been very faithful to God. They had been blameless. They were righteous in God's eyes. Now that doesn't mean that they were perfect. But throughout their years of struggle and even disappointment and not having a child, they remained faithful. And yet, there was a stigma. There was this stereotype that because Elizabeth had not been able to have a baby, she hadn't fulfilled her maternal obligation. So when Zechariah and Elizabeth 
are praying and they're seeking God, I imagine in my mind that they've been praying for this so long, now that they're older, they begin to give up the idea that God can bless them with a child. It reminds me of Abraham and Sarah. Do you remember the story from the Old Testament? Uh, Abraham was an old man. Sarah, supposedly in her 90s, when she found out that she was going to be preg pregnant, the Hebrew literally means she laughed hilariously. Wow, I can't even imagine what it would be like for Kay and I right now to be at a point where we're thinking we're going to have a child. And yet, I can't imagine my life without my children. And so when I read the story of Zechariah and Elizabeth, I realized something. I realized that even though they had remained faithful to God, they had not remained faithful to their prayer request. They struggled with it. They thought it was over. They thought God had forgotten them. It reminds me of the time when I was a boy. There was a gift I wanted. I wanted Elvis Presley's record, Blue Hawaii. Wow, what a, what a big gift that was going to be for me when I was a kid. I loved Elvis, and I asked my parents over and over and over and over again for that record. And as the presents were put under the tree in the weeks right before we celebrated, I didn't see anything that was square like a record. I thought for sure I knew exactly what they were going to give me. And then on Christmas morning, I opened this odd-looking package. It was round. I thought I didn't ask for anything round. This isn't what I wanted. I started getting a negative attitude, and I opened it up, and there was my Elvis Presley Blue Hawaii record. And you know what my dad had done? He had cut cardboard larger than the record, and he had wrapped it to fool me, and he did. Now, can I just get in your, your sacred space a minute? Where are you struggling to have faith? Where do you think that God has forgotten you? In what areas of your life are you really disappointed because it's like you're thinking, this is not the life that I had planned. I get that. We've all been through disappointments, grief, and struggles. And I know some of you even watching this today, you're going through some real battles in your life. But I want to challenge you with this. I want to challenge you that in the midst of your greatest trials, that you put your faith in God and not waver that God has an answer for the prayers that you're praying. That's where we see Zechariah and Elizabeth in the very beginning of this story. They think that God has overlooked them. No one wants to feel abandoned. But you know what? If we will have faith, say it with me, if we will have faith in God, especially in the midst of our struggles, God has not forgotten you. And it's up to us not to, to run away, not to walk away, 
but to lean in. But it doesn't mean it's easy. In fact, now we're ready for the second insight. Yule 2 cheer requires a humble focus. How's your, how's your focus attitude? Think about the story. Zechariah, and, and to me this is exciting, Zechariah was a member of one of the 24 divisions of the priest who served two times a year. Now, scholars have done all the, the number counting. This is what it comes down to. More than likely for Zechariah, this was a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to serve in the Holy of Holies. Now, don't forget that about the temple. The temple had a, a room that was reserved for the priest and for the presence of God's divine intimacy. Wow. Can you imagine Zachariah's joy being selected? How would you have felt? Would you have been excited? Maybe you would have been a little nervous. I'm serving in the Holy of Holies. So Zechariah goes in. And when Zechariah goes in to this room, he's doing what he's been trained to do for years. And suddenly, the angel Gabriel appears. And Zechariah is freaked out. Well, come on, who wouldn't be, right? Who wouldn't be freaked out about that? I, I, I want to see an angel. I really do. I, I would love to see an angel, but that probably wouldn't be true once I did. I, I mean, think about it. Gabriel shows up and he says, don't be afraid. Why do people tell us not to do the thing that we already are struggling with? Don't be afraid. He is afraid. But here's, what, here's what's so exciting. He goes, Zechariah, God has not forgotten you. At the appointed time, at the appropriate time is the idea. You will have a son. You're going to call him John. From the very beginning of his birth, he's going to be filled with the Holy Spirit and walk in the power of the prophet Elijah. Isn't that awesome? Unless you're Zechariah. Did, did you actually, when I read the scripture, did you hear what happened? Zechariah hears this incredible news, and the only question he can get out of his mouth is, how can I be sure of this? Okay, wait a minute. I think Zechariah's got a yule tood tood. I think he's struggling to get a humble focus on what God is saying. And, and I think I know why. Have you ever hoped or dreamed for something so much that you already had it all planned out in your mind? What about when you pray? Have you ever prayed for something and you had it all lined out? how you wanted God to answer prayer. Here's what I think happened with Zechariah. I think Zechariah basically looked at Gabriel, the angel of God, and he was thinking, this isn't how I prayed for this. 
look, look at what you just told me. First of all, I've got a bone to pick with you about the name. You told me we're going to name him John. But you know, Gabriel, the tradition is that you name the child after the dad. I, I think this is all going through Zachariah's mind. We're going to call him John? I also think, and we know this from, from the scripture, he's thinking, listen, I prayed for an answer to this prayer over the years. And when I was a young man, and Elizabeth was young, now we're old. How, how's Elizabeth even going to get pregnant? What's happening here? And we're going to raise a child? Wow. Can, can we just stop here a minute? Instead of humility, Zechariah was full of pride because this wasn't the answer to prayer the way he wanted it. Have you ever had something in your mind so much that when somebody told you the opposite thing, immediately you were mad or you were upset? Because you wanted someone, you wanted God to respond to you the way you wanted it to be. And there was no room for error. There's no room for what God is wanting to do that's outside the realm of our own thinking and our own planning. Can I challenge all of us? During this Christmas season, God wants us to have an attitude that's pleasing to him. God wants us to have an attitude of expectancy and to expect what God is doing, we have to expect the unexpected. We have to make room for, for God to do incredible things and for that to happen, we must be willing to approach God with humility. This isn't the same Christmas we've had before. This is a brand new Christmas. You may be getting together with family and friends that you love and you always get together with them, but this this is a totally different circumstance. Now is the time when God is reaching out saying, listen to me. I'm going to do miraculous things. I know you've been disappointed. I know this isn't uh, uh, the way that you thought it would be. You've prayed prayers and, and you're thinking that God can't do what God wants to do outside the box. Listen, now is the time to have a humility we got to get pride out of the way. In fact, let, let, can I caution you too? Oftentimes, when we feel like we're not getting what God wants us to have, and we're disappointed, prayer after prayer after prayer seems to go unanswered. And uh, I used to have a friend who would look at me and say, well, just remember, Drew, it can only get worse. <laughs> often, most often, when we go on that, that spiral downward, when that happens to us, listen, church, we make room for the enemy. We give him a foothold. And he begins to wreak havoc and confusion in our lives. And we become negative, And then we're full of pride because we don't think we need a God who doesn't answer prayer. This Christmas season, God is saying, you've got to have faith, and I need you to focus, and your focus has to be forward. It can't be on the past. 
You've got to move forward. And then did you catch what the angel said to him? He said, and because you haven't believed my words. Now, grab the impact of this. Gabriel is saying, I'm the angel that stands in the presence of God and waits until God sends me to someone. It's like Daniel in the Old Testament. Gabriel went to him. Here's the angel who waits. His job, wait. God, when you have a message, I am ready to take it. I am Gabriel, the angel that stands in the presence of God. And the best question you got for me, Zechariah, is how can I be sure of this? How do I know? Can you really do this? Yeah, I get it. You're an angel. And I was scared to death. But, you know, is this really from God? Folks, folks, let's stop putting obstacles in God's way when he's doing the miraculous among us. And because he didn't believe, Gabriel had the power to say, I think you should be silent for that nine months of pregnancy uh, when Elizabeth gets pregnant. I, I think you need to be silent. In fact, I was wondering, uh, what would God want to take away from me that I really enjoy in order to get my attention this season? Wow. Now's the time not only to have faith, now's the time to focus. With humility, we need to focus forward. And then Gabriel left, and Zechariah walks out. Now let's talk about that third word. We've talked about faith. We've talked about focus. Let's talk about favor. I love Elizabeth in this story, don't you? Zechariah goes home. He can't tell her the story. What's he doing? Writing it on parchment? I don't know. And she realizes what's happening. And uh, I think Elizabeth embraced it with joy. She's like, let's get home. Let's get this party started, right? Elizabeth does not waver when she hears the news. I want to I really encourage this. In fact, I get excited about this. Are you ready? Do you have people that you, that you are inviting into your life right now in this season to help balance out your attitude if it's negative? Do you have people that you're saying, if I seem to be negative, I want you to be the person to come in and tell me to knock it off. I want you to come into my life and say, you're, you're being pretty cynical right now. In fact, the next time that you have to look for a gift and you're not happy about it, don't you want somebody to say, the greatest gift that was ever given is the birth of Jesus this season. Let's give. Let's be joyful. That's who Elizabeth is to Zachariah. She's like, I believe this. And then she's in seclusion. For five months as she goes deep into the presence of God and she says something that is mind-blowing to me this is oh if I talk for 30 minutes oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. okay because I'm almost done but I have a great story at the end yeah yeah 
This is what Elizabeth actually said. Elizabeth talks about God's favor and she says, God looked upon me with generosity and re removed my disgrace and he allowed me to see into his divine plan. Can you believe that's all in the word favor? Do you realize that when we receive the favor of God, that he's drawing us into his plan to see what others are not seeing, to experience his love and his grace. Why? Because if we will have an attitude that gives God glory, if, if we'll celebrate Christmas with a positive yuletude, you knew I had to say it again. God is ready to give us his favor. Faith, focus, favor. One of the persons I enjoyed reading throughout my ministry has been Tony Campolo. He's older now, he doesn't speak often. But I love the story when Tony was invited to Hawaii to uh, speak. But because his time clock was off from the, the, the time changes in flight, he got to his hotel room, he slept a few hours, but he was up at three o'clock. So he went out on the street looking for something to eat, man after my own heart. He ended up in an all-night diner, and there was a gruff guy behind the counter, and, and the guy goes, what do you want? <laughs> and Tony said, hey, I, I see that donut there under glass. I'll have a donut and black coffee. He gave it to him, and about 3.30, all of a sudden the door opened, and a group of prostitutes walked in. They're loud, they're obnoxious, they've already worked their way through the night, and they, they came in talking, cussing, smoking, and they sat right down at the bar at the counter where Tony was. His first thought was, I'm going to get up. I'm going to get up and I'm going to leave, but he was really intrigued by their conversation. They weren't trying to be quiet. They were talking about the, the night. They were talking about the, the people they had served. And uh, it, was, it was pretty amazing to Tony. And uh, then one woman says, Did you know that in a week I'm going to be 39 years old? And uh, one, another one of the, the hookers spoke up and said, What do you want me to do for you? Bake you a cake? And, and this, this girl said, no, I don't know why you got to be so mean. I, I don't want anything. She said, in fact, I've never had a party. I've never had a birthday party, and I've never even had a cake. She said, I, I just wanted to tell you, it's going to be my birthday soon. And so they, they all talked a little more, and, and about 30 minutes or so later, they were gone. And Tony had sat there. And Tony had an idea. 
he looked up at the guy behind the counter, and uh, he goes, uh, do, those, do those prostitutes come in here every night? He goes, every night. They're in here like clockwork. And he said, who's the one that was talking about her, her birthday? Did you hear that? And he said, yeah. He said, that's Agnes. That's Agnes. And Tony said, I, I, did you hear that she said she'd never had a birthday cake or a celebration? He goes, yeah. He said, I heard it. He said, I've got an idea. He said, why don't we come back next week, this same night, at the same time, and let's throw Agnes a birthday party. And, and the guy smiled. In fact, actually, his, his name was Harry. Harry. Harry smiled, just smiled. He goes, I'll do it. I'll bake the cake. So Tony did all the planning. And Harry and his wife, who owned the diner, they, they put the word out. And Tony got there at 2.30 in the morning to set up. And the place started to fill up with people because they heard that Agnes was going to have a birthday party. And at 3.30, like clockwork, everybody walked in, and there was Agnes. And on the count of three, they yelled, Surprise! Agnes, happy birthday! They brought out this beautiful cake with candles, and, and she was in shock. She almost literally passed out. Some of her friends had to stabilize her. And she walked up to the counter, and she, she was starting just to cry. It made, it made Harry feel uncomfortable. He said, I never pictured a prostitute crying and bawling over a cake. But she, she got herself all under control, and Agnes blew out her cake. Everybody said, let's cut the cake, Agnes. Let's cut the cake. And, and Agnes said, Harry, do you mind if we just don't cut it yet? And he goes, uh, well, it's yours. If, if you want, you can even take it home. She goes, can I? Can I take it home? She said, I just live down the street. Can I take it home? And all of a sudden, she picked it up like it was the Holy Grail. And she walked out to everybody's surprise. And everybody was quiet and stunned because Agnes went out. And then Tony did something no one expected. He got up on a chair, and he said, let's all bow our heads and pray for Agnes right now. And he prayed a prayer of joy and of love and of grace and protection and help and faith. And he prayed for everyone in the room. And he said amen, and people went back to talking and celebrating and waiting on Agnes. Harry looks over at Tony and says, hey, hey, I didn't know you were a preacher. And in a moment, a God moment you never expect, Tony said, yeah, I am. And the guy goes, well, what church do you go to? He said, I go to church where we throw birthday parties at 3.30 in the morning for prostitutes. Harry, Harry, start, Harry came back. He started to turn and he came back. He said, there's no church like that. He said, if there was, I'd join it. Can I just remind all of us of something as we close this morning? Attitude matters. 
Do you remember that whole Grinch story? His heart was two sizes too small. God has such a big heart of love that he gave his only son as a baby in a manger that whoever would believe would not perish but have eternal life. And let's not forget, this is Jesus' birthday. This is Jesus' birthday this month. This is when we celebrate that God came to be with us. Our attitude is our choice. It's going to take a lot of faith. It's going to take a lot of focus. Because God's got a lot of favor that he's ready to give. Let's pray. Father, right now we ask for your help and your strength. We ask that you do incredible things in us and through us and help us to look around and remember all the people that aren't like us, don't live like us, don't act like us. Help us to remember that you came to die for all of us and that this is your birthday and it's time to celebrate. Where we're struggling because we feel disappointed, God, help us to have faith. Where we're, we're only looking at the past or we're stuck in the present, let us, God, start to have a focus forward for the miraculous things that you can do. And Jesus, give us your favor. Remove our disgrace and our shame. And through your love, may we have the power to celebrate the birth of Jesus like never before. And we'll give you all the praise, glory, and honor because it's in the name of Christ, Jesus, we pray. Amen. I love all of you so much. You're amazing. I hope that you're having a wonderful, wonderful time of the year because it is perfect and beautiful. Watch The Grinch this week and let's be reminded that our attitude is our choice. I love you. And until we see each other again, take heart and be transformed. Hey friends, thanks for listening. And if you want to be a part of our e-family, then all you have to do to join us is click the link below and you can check us out on our YouTube page. You can also join us on social media. And if you'd like to support the ministry, then just click the link to give. We're so grateful for all of our partners and together we can do more than we can alone. So again, thanks to all of you for listening to this podcast and also thank you for helping us reach people around the world for Jesus Christ.